Hi, everyone. I'm Arliss, your host and founder of C-Suite E-Suite. Uh, welcome. This is our first episode, and I'm super excited to be here um, with someone who holds a really special place in my heart. And in just a few moments, I will allow her to introduce herself. So uh, just again, quick uh, reminder, this platform is a space that I've created for Black women and women of color to share their stories, to share their voices. And um, I'm truly humbled to be able to have Dr. LaKimbra Brown as our uh, first guest on our first episode. And so welcome, LaKimbra. Thank you, Arliss. Yeah, it is really, really, I can't like, I'm just like beaming with joy, excitement, gratitude for having you here today. Um, I've had the opportunity to know you, I don't know, five plus years at this point. Yeah. First in a professional space. Um, and then our relationship evolved to be friends. And um, you're known as Lakimbra, uh, Joy, and Dr. Brown. <laughs> and so I just want to take a moment to like say, welcome. My heart is warm. So much gratitude for you being here. Thank you for the welcome. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for this beautiful space. <laughs> this is gorgeous, girl. I'm just glad it all worked out and that no. the sun is shining. It's kissing my skin. And it's, your skin is <laughs> glowing and looking fabulous. Thank you. Looking fabulous. Um, but really getting to more of who you are. Okay. Who are you? Well, I mean, you introduced me by three different names, yeah. and I think uh, depending on who's calling me and what they name they, they use, mm -hmm. I think that lets me know what situation they first probably encountered me in. So I think the name that I'm most familiar with is probably Joy. Okay. All of my family, my close friends call me Joy um, because, you know, honestly, my parents said I was, I was really a happy baby, yeah. and that is kind of stuck, uh, you know? 45 years later, I think I'm still really a happy adult. <laughs> you <laughs> so, are. You yeah, know, hold, hold true, hold true. The name is stuck and, it, and it's held true. Okay. Um, and, you know, LaKimber is my name. So, you know, people that met me in a professional setting probably call me or know me as LaKimber. Mm -hmm. And later in life, I got my doctorate, you know, so. Doctorate it, in what? <laughs> educational leadership. Okay. So. Some people call me Dr. Brown because yeah. I've, I've, I've led them, I've coached them, I've uh, supported them in their schools. So, yes. yeah. And let me say, um, you don't lead with I'm Dr. Brown, right? There is, there is just, I've never heard you introduce yourself that way. Um, I don't think I've ever introduced myself that way. <laughs> <laughs> and so I say that to say, like, there's just a sense of humility yeah. that surrounds you. Yes, you are Dr. Brown. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's not what you lead with. It is not no. what I've experienced you leading with. And so I think that is also just a testament to yeah. your authenticity. Mm -hmm. um, you're sincere. You're genuine. Like, you're real. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you're also the best educator that I know. And so it was really, really important for mm -hmm. me to be like, education has been my foundation. Mm -hmm. I have to get the best educator that I know. <laughs> to be my first guest on this podcast. And I know a lot of educators. I know, but you are the person that I sought out to be like, 
I know it's probably going to make you feel a bit uncomfortable, <laughs> but I need for you to do this one thing for me. And so uh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I took some coercing, right? I do remember you were like, hey, I'm doing a podcast. You want to do a podcast? I was like, okay, <laughs> I will. And then you were like, okay, we need to, I was like, I probably should have asked more questions before I said yes. But I said yes because I said yes. I, I, I mean, I'll always tell you yes, but I should have asked more questions. But I am really happy to be here to talk about something um, that I'm so passionate about. And I talk about it all the time anyways. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so. A conversation. Yeah. I would, um, I would love for you to be able to share with us, like, how did you get here? Right? Got it. Um, to be one of the best educators educators in the country, if not the world. You know what? That is really <laughs> kind. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to sit with that. Sit with that. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, thank you for the compliment. Yeah. Thank you for the compliment, and thank you for your belief in me. I would say. I got here. Uh, I mean, it's been a journey, but like early on from my earliest moments, I do remember education and school being so valued in my family. Um, and I personally always just had a love of learning. I still have a love of learning, but this, even if I did not have that, education was really primary and valued in my family. And this is, this is what I mean in a very tangible example. Um, I remember a door-to-door -door salesman coming to our house mm -hmm. And I remember opening the door and they were selling encyclopedias, Encyclopedia Britannica. Okay. I remember my father purchasing not one set, but three sets of Encyclopedia okay. Britannicas. I had the like standard set, you know, all like, you know, what, 28 books. <laughs> um, and then my sister, my younger sister, she had the like children's version. Mm -hmm. And then there was like a picture version for my um, youngest brother, Aaron. Okay. I say all that to say, there are a lot of books in the house all the time. Uh, but particularly with the encyclopedia, every week we needed to read something and learn something new and write a book report and turn that in on Sunday to my dad. To your uh, dad. To my dad. Got yes. To okay. my which was This wasn't like homework, like this, from was, this had nothing to do with school. <laughs> nothing. My none of my teachers ever knew anything about this. Okay. But it, it was like Les the school of Lester Brown. <laughs> we'll call it that school. <laughs> um, so I, I loved doing this mm -hmm. because I loved like, just learning new things. Um, my sister and brother, it wasn't their favorite thing, you know, to put it mildly, but they still knew they needed to do it mm. because this was... I knew very early on that like, education was the way out. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a choice, it was a different pathway. Okay. Um, so, you know, school was really important and learning was really important. It's not that we had a long line of college graduates before mm. us, but um, we knew that that would be a way to kind of really elevate myself, but also be able to elevate the family, you know? Okay, so. okay. Yeah. And so that led to what? Like you guys are doing your weekly. We're doing our weekly reports. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, we're learning a lot. We're learning the value of education. Uh, I'm I'm constantly a bookworm. I'm like reading all the time. Uh, I'm doing well in school. Then okay. we. So that's part one. 
love of school, love of learning, highly involved family okay. in, in, you know, educational pursuits. Then because my dad was in the military, we moved a lot. So I remember us moving when we were in middle school and I had been in like accelerated classes previously, uh, like it was called gate gifted and talented program. That's what it was called, but it was like really accelerated classes for elementary students. And I remember when I went to middle school, we had moved to a new middle school and they didn't want to put me in the classes. Oh, wow. And at first I wasn't in them, mm -hmm. but you know, they like, no, you know, you need to, you know, she's not been here. We don't have records of her. And like, even though we had shown the report cards, they, it didn't, it didn't seem like it was going to transfer until, you know, me being able to be placed in that class or those classes. So whatever, I got into the, the, the classes that I was assigned, but I, I wasn't challenged. Like mm. I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was being pushed. So I do remember my dad going down to the school. I, you know, he gave it a little bit of a go. He didn't like kind of, you know, go off immediately. <laughs> he, we, he let it kind of sit, he tried it out for a bit. But I do remember um, him going to the school and having to advocate. Oh, wow. Okay. For me to be placed in those classes. And then once I got placed in those classes in eighth grade, I continued in those classes in ninth grade. So then in high school, even though my high school may have had, I don't know, I don't even know how many kids my high school had. I think it was a pretty small class, maybe 1,000 kids, maybe 300 each, each class. I was pretty much, I was tracked with a cohort of kids wow. through my entire high school career, but I felt like I was able to be tracked because of a decision that was made in eighth grade to get me into a class. And now I've been in schools long enough to know, I didn't actually know it at the time, mm. but now, you know, 24 years later in my career, I see the impact of my dad advocating and the trajectory it was able to kind of put me on. Um, and I think a lot about, you know, the parents who didn't know, who didn't even know that there was these extra set of classes, wow. who didn't know because they were working, because they didn't have time, that to go and advocate, to insist that I have access and the path that my life could be on. I feel like I'm in this position, but I'm in this position as a result of many people mm. that have intervened knowingly or unknowingly mm -hmm. at these pivotal moments. Mm -hmm. And now when I look back, it could have went a number of different ways. Mm. So, so I say that, went, had a beautiful experience in high school, you know, got a scholarship, Went to college, was a chemistry major, uh, graduated with a degree in Wait, chemistry. You were a chemistry major. Yeah, I have a degree. My 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 undergraduate degree is in chemistry. Yeah. So um, it's a black <laughs> chemistry major. You're like, yeah, I think I want to do chemistry. Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will. What I wanted to. Yes, yes. We'll, I mean, we'll say in that. high school, I was like, chemistry, what? Yeah. That's all of the chems, organic chem, physical chemistry, or P-chem. No, yeah. yeah, all of them. Yeah. And you're like, yep, I'll just do this in, in college. It's just. Yeah, I did that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so you did that in college. What happened after college? Well, in college, I actually got a, a job tutoring. Okay. Um, for the Office of Minority Student Affairs. I was okay. tutoring, yeah. 
And I think that was when I realized, uh, here we had uh, some students, a lot of students that have gotten into this university. Mm -hmm. um, but like, really weren't prepared mm. for the work that, mm -hmm. that was before them. And I remember tutoring and, and I would remember, I had learned these things in high school. I had like I, I had I had I had learned what I needed to learn in high school, so I felt like I was prepared. And I realized that you know, kind of, there were a lot of high schools that probably weren't preparing mm -hmm. um, because the students, some some students that were really struggling. Mm. Um, so you were tutoring while in college. I was tutoring while in college. Okay. Yeah. And then, so my junior year, I left but you know i'm tutoring i'm having fun tutoring but like i'm still getting my chemistry degree because eventually okay. the plan the family plan uh -huh. was i was going to go to med school okay <laughs> that okay, was the okay, family okay. plan okay you know so i was tutoring i was enjoying that but you know we have a plan you know because right. we my dad had us had these goals conversations right right, and, right. Um, you know i had always wanted to you know become a i thought a you know a physician for a long time uh-huh my Junior year, I left to go to Sydney, Australia. I studied for a year abroad okay. at the University of New South Wales. And I think over there, while just I realized I was happiest. Not mm. when I was in a lab waiting for something to rotovap. <laughs> you know, I don't or, even know what that means. Yeah, but, but <laughs> I, was, I was in a lab. Not, I was not, that was not like giving me joy. Okay. But I was really happy when I was tutoring. Mm. <laughs> I was really mm -hmm. happy. I felt I got a lot of joy out of that. I felt a lot of meaning out of that. But, you know, I come back, I'm a senior. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, I didn't have, I needed to graduate. My parents were like, this is, you need to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, is family plan, this is a family plan. This is a family plan. Yes, it's not, there's no five year in this plan. Family plan, you need to graduate. So my senior year, I saw this sign um, for uh, two things happened. First, I read this book called Savage Inequalities by Jonathan Kozel, mm. and that like opened my eyes and it perhaps gave insight to like some things that I had been experienced through my tutoring of like, wait, why what, I don't know this? Yeah, like what happened in your school? So yeah, then yeah. that opened my eyes, but then I um, learned about this organization um, called Teach for America, mm -hmm. and I applied. I was, I was so grateful yeah. to get in, and that also changed um, my trajectory. I'd say that's another pivotal moment, like because then I went to Phoenix and I yeah. started. That was my avenue into education. Okay. I don't know if I would have been able to go into education without that avenue because I would have had to go back and get a whole nother degree. Degree and, and like. Uh, that was, there were too many other things. My, there had been too many sacrifices already yeah. for me to go. So I was, I was grateful that I was able to have that opportunity. Um, and so I started teaching seventh and eighth grade math and science, fell in love with science. You know, oh. <laughs> the, the lab that I had grown to like, oh man, again, like I <laughs> fell in love teaching eighth graders about it, you know, a beaker and, you know, the experience, like, their excitement for it yeah. got me excited. So, and I have not looked back. And now here we are, 20, 
four years later, I have not looked back. Wow. Wow. So you started teaching middle school. Middle school math and science. Middle school math and science. Mm -hmm. Um, How long did you teach for? I taught for, I first taught in Oakland. I first taught in Phoenix and then I taught in Oakland. So I taught for six years. Okay. Yeah. So you did, you taught for six years. Uh Um, What happened after teaching? Let's talk about what happened during teaching. Okay. What happened during teaching? I, I taught middle school, you know, for my six years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And during some of those years, I also taught, because I was in California um, at San Quentin. Uh, maximum security prison. Uh, okay, can you just don't like skip over that part, right? What do you mean? <laughs> While you were teaching yeah. as a twenty-something-year-old, yeah, you also taught at a maximum security prison. Yeah, it was. I the class I taught, I think at the time might have been called like Math A. It was. It was basically to get your GED. So okay. it was. Uh, I'd say eighth grade math skills. Uh, basic math skills um, to get your high school diploma. I taught there at the same time. So like that class, my San Quentin class was on Friday nights. This is where I spent my Friday nights at Mm -hmm. Maximum Security Prison. Uh, So Monday through Friday during the day, I was with my sixth graders, Mm -hmm. seventh graders, eighth graders. And... I guess the tragedy of it all, my students in San Quentin, I think were 19 to 60, wide range, mostly black and brown um, males. But sometimes the lessons, because it was to get your, um, you know, the skills for your high school diploma, sometimes my lessons overlapped. Uh, And- So I want to pause. You said that Monday through Friday, Mm-hmm. You were teaching sixth, seventh, and eighth graders in your, you know, daytime job. Yeah. Math. Yeah. And on Friday nights, you spent Friday nights at San Quentin. Yeah. Maximum security prison. Yeah. Also teaching the same math that you were. Uh, yeah, the same. Yeah. To 19 through. 60. 60-year-olds. Yeah. I remember this conversation like it was yesterday, and it was probably 21 years ago right now. We were doing this lesson on area and perimeter, you know, a pretty, um, you know, just so I was explaining that because we needed that skill to kind of do some different, more advanced work with geometry. So I'm like, okay, we went out to the court and we walked around it, be the perimeter, and then if we needed to paint it, you know, the area. I'm like really trying to, I'm breaking things down. This is the, at the prison. This is at the prison. I'm breaking these things down okay. in the, the, the clearest way possible. Mm-hmm. We get it. We're at the light bulb moment. We're having like, okay, okay. And uh, a student says, you know, Ms. Brown, you're a real good teacher. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I'd had one like you on the outside, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here right now. And I still remember that conversation like it was yesterday like it was yesterday because i it really gave such urgency to the work that i was doing every day like i could do it now i could pour everything i could build my students up i could make sure 
that they saw themselves yeah. in the best possible way. They saw their future as bright as could be, or I could wait in 15 years from now, 10 mm -hmm. years from now, eight years from now, and they could show up in my class and say, when, like, teach mm. them now, teach them later. Like, which, at which point did I want to be critical in their educational development? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like, I saw what could happen yeah. if we didn't get it right. Yeah. And where this road led. Yeah. So I am grateful for my time. Mm -hmm both in all the schools, but then also for my time. I'm grateful for those Friday nights. Yeah. I'm grateful for those Friday nights. And I feel like it was like teaching in its purest form. At that time, it was like an old converted laundry room or something <laughs> with like chalkboard. It was, it was great. I did it for, I don't know, maybe a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. Um, then after that, I I love teaching, mm -hmm. um, and I remember, but I also love learning, as I shared. I was actually looking at some just graduate programs because I just wanted to continue learning. Right. So I needed a letter of recommendation. Uh -huh. So I remember asking my principal at the time if she would you know, write me a letter of recommendation. I needed to include it in my graduate application. <laughs> and <clears throat> she's like, sure, I'll write you a letter of recommendation. But she also asked me, have you thought about this other program? Mm -hmm. um, and it was one that she had gone through. And I said, yeah, but that's for principals. And she said, yeah, I think you'd be a great, you know, you know, principal, school leader. And I was like, it's kind of like, first of all, I think I just sat with it. You know, I just like, okay, I didn't, you know, I just kind of sat with it. And then I think it's, like a week later, two weeks later, I'm getting my mail out of the, you know, the boxes. And she's, hey, did you get your application? And I was like, oh, this lady is serious. Uh -huh, she wasn't just uh -huh, being polite because uh -huh. I asked her for a letter of recommendation. Um, and then I think that is when the seed around leadership, particularly school leadership, was yeah. planted. Um, and I think she was, we were at a small school. It was a small school in Oakland. <laughs> I think that was mentorship in its purest form mm. because she would have to go to these, um, like I think district trainings for principals. Mm -hmm. So she get a sub for me while she was gone. And mm -hmm. like, you know, like she like write out a schedule, like, you know, be in the cafeteria at this time, go see this teacher at this time. So it was, wait, so she's out, she's out. And I'm like at her principal, training. at her principal training. And I'm like, Stepping in as stepping principal in, yes. as a teacher. As a teacher to kind of like run the, the school while she's gone. Um, it was a small school, uh, so we had like some flexibilities like that. But it gave me insight yeah. into what she was doing, you know, the work. It, and so, I, you know, I, I applied. I got into a program. It also gave you like, I think, the confirmation to trust like she trusts you to do this thing in her absence she did and it was I had not thought about school leadership before she first planted the seed initially and right. brought the program up and then followed up and said right. hey you get your application in and then said like hey while I'm gone can you go ahead and make sure that these things yes. are happening so she's just like she's just th those those little nuggets she was yes. pouring into me yes when I didn't even realize yeah. it um and she clearly saw something in me that I had not yet seen or realized in myself because I remember it's like that 
it's like a student. You have a student, and they're like, I can't write, or I can't mm-hmm. do math. And then you're like, this paragraph, this is great. And you point out the things, and they're like, you think so? I'm like, yes, you are a writer. Yeah. You know, I see you as a writer. Mm-hmm. You need to see yourself as a writer. What you've done, this is yeah. the work of an author. <laughs> you know? So, like, sometimes you need someone to point yeah. out the things that you can't see yourself. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm grateful for her. Right. Wow. I'm grateful for her. That's so, like, heartwarming. Yeah. Like, I'm going to just go ahead and take, take my spot while I'm here. Just follow this thing. Follow this thing. You know, it was, it was a like, okay. Oh, you're probably following uh, yeah. the letter, like, right? Okay, I need to go to the cafeteria <laughs> right now. I'm standing right here, you know. Wow. Um, what happened after that? So, like, you had the experience of a teacher. You were. So then I entered the program. Okay. So then Good. I entered the formal program, you know. So I spent my time. Um, you know, actually getting an administrative uh, credential. Okay. Um, and then later staying on to get my graduate degree. Wow. Yeah. Were you ever a principal? Yes. I was a principal, yes. So after uh-huh. I got my administrative credential, I actually, so I was getting my administrative credential while I was still teaching at the school. So like, wow. you know, she was still shadowing me along the way, helping okay. me, nurturing me as I'm like learning my courses. Wow. After I finished my coursework and had my administrative credential, um, I interviewed and mm-hmm. I got a job as an assistant principal first. Okay. Yep. So I was an assistant principal. Um, I loved that actually. <laughs> I, I loved being an AP, um, at a middle school. Mm-hmm. And then I was there. And then I remember my principal at mm-hmm. the time saying, okay, we've been here three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we do? Like, you know, it's time for you to go. And I'm like, but I'm like, no. It's time for you to go. Like, I'm kicking you out. Yeah, like, he's like, you can have, you're ready. I've watched you. I've Mm -hmm. watched you lead the staff meetings. I've watched you uh, start these, you know, we started uh, some Saturday school initiatives. I've watched you, like, really focus with the teachers. I've watched you build the relationships. Mm. Because I became an administrator, uh, I think, in, like, 26 or 27. It was pretty early that I became an AP, so... You know, uh, many of the teachers that I worked with were significantly had way more experience, okay. and I had a lot that I could that I was learning from them. I always was very humble in learning, but we built our relationships and we did the work together. So yeah, with the encouragement of both him and my advisor, my college advisor. Wow. <laughs> you know, I interviewed. I got a job mm-hmm. uh, to be a principal, and elementary principal. That was the holy grail of education. <laughs> that role. I loved being an elementary principal. Really? Yes. Yes. Say more. Everything I loved. I loved the kids. Uh-huh. I loved the staff. I loved the work. I loved interacting with the families. I loved, I loved spirit weeks and I loved costumes and I loved read-alouds. I loved turkey trots. I loved all of that. I got... Full on in. It makes so much sense now. What? Because when we worked together, you enjoyed getting dressed up, like in costume, right? Like a trunk. Being animated and just so got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You remember when we would have the um (laughs) what were they? They were like the the team, the office dress competitions. Competition is such a strong word. (laughs) They they weren't friendly. 
We always came down. We always, the school's team always held it down. School's team always had a theme. Always had a theme. Perfectly designed and orchestrated to the letter. It was great. It makes sense now. It makes sense. So, yeah. So, I I did that. I love being an elementary principal. Um, And I had an opportunity after I was an elementary principal to actually move to DC. Mm to uh, become an instructional superintendent. So like to like really- What does that mean? It was, means I was managing a section of the school. I was a principal supervisor. So I had a section of the city um, and I was uh, supporting and managing and you know, over those schools. And I love, I think because I love being a principal, yeah. I love being a principal supervisor. I mean, the okay. title was instructional superintendent or principal supervisor, but it's more principal coach, principal mentor, all things helping grow, develop, nurture a principal mm-hmm. because that was that. Yeah. I love that work. And so you're, you're nurturing, you're developing, you're connecting, you're building relationships with leaders, which mm-hmm. you do so like phenomenally well. Mm-hmm. Um, in DC yeah, and you are like, this is, this is what I love this. I'm, I'm, I could do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. I I was very happy working with my principals every day. I was Mm -hmm. very happy doing that work. Um, but I got a call, um, from a, I got a call from a friend and he said, well, you know, that work that you're doing in DC, Mm -hmm. what if we went together and went and did it someplace else. Would you come? Uh-huh. And I'm like, um, no, I live in DC. <laughs> I'm not leaving DC. <laughs> I love what I'm doing. But I said, what I will do is I'll come and I'll walk your schools with you. Okay. And we can, you know, like I'll walk your schools with you and we can kind of see. And I went out there to really, I thought was to like walk the school, see, give some advice, right. you know, help on like how some, some, big things that came up and how you could approach it. Okay. And I stayed there for a week and oh I'm like, God. well, we could do this. Right, right, right. We, yeah, all right, yeah. all right. Okay. okay. Yeah, so what turned into like, what was a, I thought, a, you know, let me go out there and see your schools and kind yeah. of like, you know, give a couple recommendations. Ended Ultimately up being, ended in a and job like, interview. Yeah, a job interview and let me, oh, those recommendations, you, now you can do them. Wow. <laughs> you, all those things that you think could happen, why don't you join me hmm. and let's do it together. Mm-hmm. 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 You think this is possible? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that is, that is what led to how we met. Right? Mm-hmm. Because... Um, I too visited mm-hmm. the school and um, I'm like, yeah, this, you know, there's some challenges and ended up in a job interview, like that mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. process. But ultimately, we were able to work together. Yes. Do you remember the first day that we met? I do. <laughs> I drove, I, I remember. Uh, so I had, at that point, I had committed, I was going, and you had committed, you were going to go as well. And I, After an interview process and oh yeah, absolutely that, yeah, you know <laughs> that yes, all those things happened. We you, but sign on the dotted line. Uh, yeah, I'm like okay, this is really happening. I need to you know hire some movers and pack my things because I'm like <laughs> leaving in a couple months. So yeah, this is really happening. Yeah. Um, so as the team started to take formation, I'm like I don't want to meet 
fatigue mm-hmm. on our first day. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to Philly. Yeah. <laughs> so I drove to Philly. Yeah. And we were going to have like, I think an hour, 90 minute lunch. Mm-hmm. And I was just going to drive back home. But we yeah. ended up staying that rest for like hours, like four hours. We just talking and laughing yeah. and connecting. Yeah. And I remember I was already excited driving to Philly about like the, the new opportunity that yeah. awaited me. But then after I started meeting the members of the team and you were the first one that I met, I was like, yes, yeah, this feels right yeah. in my soul. Yeah. This yeah. is where I need to be. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I too remember that day. Yeah. And I'm like, like, I've never done that before. Like, let me go out to brunch with someone <laughs> that I'm going to be working with that I'm meeting for the first time. Yeah. But it all seemed so, like, natural. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and the way that we connected. And that's where our professional relationship started. Mm-hmm. Um, and that evolved into a personal relationship. It's like, it, it was just so authentic and like warm mm-hmm. and I want to just take a moment to say like that is one thing that I have admired about you over the years it's the way in which you authentically create um relationships and form relationships mm-hmm. just by the spirit of your joy yep. right like who's gonna say like well, yeah let me try from DC to Philly for a not 30 or a 90 minute lunch and I'm gonna drive back <laughs> home but that I think is was the foundation for how we work together and yeah. for how our team functioned. Yeah. Um, this work, I think leadership, probably in any sector, but I can't speak about any sector. Mm-hmm. I've just really mostly spent most of my career in education. It you pour so much of yourself yes. into it every day. Every day. So the people that you do it with, mm-hmm. they become like your family. So me, even though at that time you were a stranger, yeah. if we were going to do what we were set out to do, yeah. you would need to be my family. So right. it makes sense that I would drive right. to meet you. Right. Because I would drive to meet anyone on my family. Right. And also, like, the theme of breaking bread together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what yeah. we did. That's what we did. We, Remember we would have those Sunday dinners? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> go over to our CEO's house and just, he would cook for us and we'd just talk about the week and we'd talk about the past week that had happened and the upcoming week that's going to happen and what we needed to do. But like those Sunday dinners were a staple. That was, it was our family. It was our family. It was our family time. It was our family. And that is what helped to get us through. Yeah. What I would say was, what was or is um, a really pivotal professional experience for me. Right? Yeah. Um, it was hard work. It was challenging work. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, not because of the work, but you know, because of the environment that we were in. Yeah. But it didn't feel that way because we were doing it side by side. Yeah. Um, we were doing it as a family, as a team um, of committed educators who valued the success of kids who of kids. Yeah. And so it didn't feel difficult. No, no. Even at the most challenging times, it felt, I loved that work. Yeah, I did too. I loved that work. Yeah. It felt fun. There was a lot of laughter. There was a lot of joy. There was a lot of hard work. There was a lot of grind. A lot of grind. I clearly remember sitting on, both of us sitting on our couches, 
writing PD sessions (laughs) for like a two week launch. We were producing. We were producing. We We were producing. Yeah, did great work. Um, So let's fast forward a little bit. That work ended. Yeah, it did. And so now what do you do? Now I actually work for um, an organization where it's still it's still very much education adjacent okay. where we work with school districts um, that are really trying to do the same work that I was trying to do when I was in the school system okay. but like so I'm I'm doing the same work from a different seat from a different seat from a different seat I would say there are a couple of things that are clear about the work that we're doing right now mm-hmm. it is important for students to see, mm-hmm. to learn about, mm-hmm. to experience people that look like them, mm. hear the stories mm-hmm. of people, the positive stories, the yeah. celebrations of those who they relate to, what they've accomplished. Yeah. Sadly, I can say I didn't learn those stories. Mm. Or the ones I learned, I learned in church or I learned from my family. Mm-hmm. But I did learn, you know. Church and family, yeah. mostly. Yeah. Certainly not school. Mm. Um, the curriculum didn't highlight yeah. that. Um, and that's a shame. Because, I, 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 you know, for a while I felt really embarrassed mm. when I got to college, mm-hmm. you know, and there'd be a black student union. or they, it, 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 Not even a black student, just people that, there were a lot of things that I actually felt like I should have learned or knew about. The same way I felt like, oh, man, you didn't know about this math? Yeah. There were things that I didn't know about, just about in terms of the accomplishments of, like, things that my ancestors had done. Wow. And that's not right. Yeah. That's not right. So, you know, we fight to ensure that Mm -hmm. all students are represented in their learning. They have opportunities to both learn about themselves and learn more about those that are different. You know, see across lines of differences. And to make sure that every kid, every school does have the opportunity. So if your dad doesn't know to advocate, Mm. it actually doesn't matter. Because you're going to get the good stuff in the class that you're in anyways. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, you're going to be getting it anyways. Wow. And so now you have the privilege to be in that space helping to make or shape some of those decisions. In those conditions. And those conditions. In those conditions. In multiple states. Yeah. Across the country. Yeah. Um, having the experiences that you have had, having done the work, well, having experiences from childhood. Yeah. Having done the work as a teacher, mm-hmm. principal, principal, um, leader, yeah. trainer, and you're now in that space. Yeah. It's like full circle. It is full circle. It is full circle. It's full circle. Mm-hmm. What does that what does that feel like? Well, it, it, it feels a variety of ways. And mm-hmm. some I feel really a lot of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when my like sometimes I'm in spaces that my grandmother would never have dreamt being like, oh, like, you know, girl, you've arrived. Like you are the, 
This is what we worked for. You are your ancestors' wildest dreams. I am. Living it. Living it. Living it. it. Yeah. And then I also know sometimes those spaces aren't filled with people that look like me. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm living the dream. Mm -hmm. I'm living my ancestors' wildest dreams for sure. Right. And we still have a long way to, to go. go. Long way. Are you sometimes still just one? One or two of? Yeah. Yeah. Some, often. <laughs> what do you mean sometimes? <laughs> often. I was trying to be helpful. I was trying to be helpful. I was trying to be helpful. Uh, often. But, often. you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I also think that's what also... made the that space of being one or one of a few that space is not unfamiliar mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. has actually mm-hmm. been my entire leadership journey yeah um until i moved to dc actually yeah um but then after i left and then we started working together that it that was not you, that was it was different felt so yeah. different. It felt so like a layer was removed and you mm-hmm. could just kind of get to it. You weren't feeling like every move was questioned was or questioned. second question. Second right. Guess. Because of the way that the team looked. Because of the way of the team looked like, uh, at least it was not happening internally. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think because of the way the team looked, decisions were questioned externally all the time. Right. Right. And for like, if we're being transparent, because of that, because of the diversity mm-hmm. that was on our team, there wasn't an added element of, I don't know, like stuff. No, right. I agree. So if we're just to take a step back and acknowledge the spaces that you occupy, the tables that you sit at, the seat or seats that you sit in, mm-hmm. right? And think about the intersectionality of your identities. You're a woman. Mm-hmm. You're a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, you're an educated black woman who, you know, has had a strong educational upbringing experience. You've moved through the ranks. Like, what does that feel like as you're sitting in that seat, making decisions that impact hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of Mm-hmm. Uh, schools, school districts, and ultimately kids and families. How do those two things kind of like come together for you? Mm-hmm. Um, I have grown, and I am actually still growing, mm-hmm. into my actual confidence, if I'm being fully transparent, in, in, in the space. Because I... What? You, what? What you mean? Because I remember I've gotten feedback at times where like, um, it was another one of my mentors. She's been with me since the beginning and she, we, uh, Vieta, she's like, you were really quiet. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and she's like, McKimbra, but you always have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, then next time she ran into me, she's like, you were still really quiet. You know, like, and I'm like, wait, this might be a pattern that like how I, what was what was making me feel why was i being silenced 
Or why was I felt like, or why was I silencing myself? I was not being silenced. Why was I silencing myself in spaces? And I realized I just didn't, I, I was not feeling confident. I was not feeling confident. I was not, like I was like, since I had seen not that many individuals that looked like me, I was like, well, should I be here? Is it? Is it a is it a fluke? Like what? Like will I be found? Like you know, it, it was Do all this stuff. Here? Like Do that, I belong here? Like that imposter that syndrome. That imposter syndrome. All of that. All of that. You, uh, Dr. Brown. I know, I know. Track record of success. It, still. But you also have to see people that you like. You were like, like yes, oh, okay, no, no, nah, I should be here. Um, so I've I've grown into that, mm. and even though I'm still like you know, going on my own journey where I'm like, you know, really occupying the space in the room and the position. You know, there's still moments where I'm like, okay, <laughs> psych yourself up, let's go, go do it. There, there's still those moments. Yeah. But I also know that I have a lot of responsibility. It, it like, this is a huge opportunity. Yeah. I, I know that there are many that are equally, if not more deserving to be in this space. And, through the random life events, you know, they've either left instead of right. So like mm -hmm. I need to, you know, I try to bring all of that and speak, speak both from my own experience when I'm in spaces and then speak from the experiences of those that I've met, engaged with, that are yeah. close with me, that are not in the room. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's why I'm there. That was powerful. How have you, or what have you done to like overcome that sense of imposter syndrome? Yes, there might be someone who's, who's like giving you the head now, cheering you on. This is the right thing. You are in the right space. Is there anything internally that you have I, done? I do a lot of reflection. Okay. I do a lot of just thinking. I go out for walks. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I talk to my friends, I, my, <laughs> you, I, I talk to, talk to my old CEO. I talk to my new CEO. I like, I talk to people that have been with me yeah. on this journey and, and, and say like, Hey, you know, like I, I, I feel like I'm always trying to check myself and I'm also tr always trying to do some reflection and I'm also trying to like, Say, you know what, sometimes you got to be a big girl and put your pants on and like, you got to step into this. Yeah. You can't wait for someone else to do it. Yes. Sometimes that someone is you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like, you know, in that, you have to be brave. Mm. You have to be brave. And you there are times where I have to be brave and I can't just tell others to be brave. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. There's times where I have to do the work myself. Yeah. Yeah. Model the thing that I'm asking of others. Yes. Yes. Model the thing that you're asking of others. And I, I'd say one of the things that you model very well is your integrity. Yeah. Right. Um, I see that as kind of like one of the values that has been consistent through the time that I've known you, your integrity, your honesty, um, just the thing that helps to keep you 
grounded Mm -hmm. in your work. Are there any other values that you would share or yeah, any other values that you would share? It's like, this is, these are the things that continue to ground me um, or something that might've evolved from, you know, earlier professional years to now. Yeah. I think when I think about things I value, I think I value team. Mm. I value, I value team so much. What does that mean? It, it means we in this together, (laughs) this thing that's going to be really hard that we both said we were about. Yeah. I value team in work. I value team in my personal life. Yeah. <laughs> like I value team in my relationships. Yeah. Like I need to feel like we're working together. Yeah. That we're playing together, that right. we are. So I value team. I value communication. I value vulnerability. Mm. Because you have to, if you want someone to trust you, and share those scary parts, the parts that we all try to hide, you have to show yours too. You know, you have to like extend that and show yours too. So I value vulnerability. Um, I value laughter. I do value laughter. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, And I think I value hard work. Mm. Like, Sometimes it's not sexy. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. day in, day out, mm-hmm. hard work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're working hard. Yeah. Do you play just as hard? Absolutely. What are, what are some ways that you take care of yourself? Like, well, what does that mean? What are some ways in which you play? What are some <laughs> ways in which you experience joy? I have so many things. <laughs> Literally. Give me like top three things. Top three things that I do to fill my time. Okay, I'll kind of like, I'll go from smaller, like takes a little bit of my time to like takes a massive amount of my time. So you may need five. Now you, you, you got five, five, five things. If Oh, okay. No, I mean, I can, uh, I, I can give you five. Okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> the discovery investigative channel addict in me is really into these murder mysteries. <laughs> Yes. So I, you know, I have a murder mystery uh, subscription. I, I saw my murder mysteries. Me and my, um, I have a, I have a, uh, a friend. We, we solve those. I really am into like crime fighting and solving murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into just going new places, trying new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like whatever it is. Like right now, the thing that I want to learn how to do. It's pickleball. That's a new thing that I haven't learned. But if it's new, I, I like try it. I like to be outside. Okay. So I like to be outside. So murder mysteries, pickleball. Well, no, not pickleball yet. That, but like new it's things. New things. New Trying things. New things. Okay. And the new thing that's gonna be is gonna be pickleball. I'm, I, I gotta get the lesson scheduled. Um, I'm into good food. So I love a good. Every time I go somewhere, I try to sign up for a foodie tour. Yes. <laughs> so. Just I can learn the history of the food of the region, but then mm-hmm. also just learn about the region, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. love to do those. And I think the thing that I spend a lot of time on uh, is my is cycling. I cycle. Okay. I bike a lot. I bike. A you're lot. an you're an avid cyclist. 
I'm an, yes, I would say I'm an avid cyclist. I would yes. say that I'm an avid cyclist. You. But it's crazy how I became an avid cyclist because my family actually, they laugh at me because it took me the longest amount of time to like, <laughs> learn how to ride a bike. My dad and mom were chasing me up that street for three years trying to like get me to like learn how to ride a bike. Without the training Without the training wheels. wheels. Without the training wheels. And I now mean, you're an avid Now I'm an cyclist. avid cyclist. You've I have a lot of bikes. A lot of bikes. Too many. Too many. You have a foldable bike that fits in your suitcase. suitcase. So I can travel with my other I love travel. You're the only person that <laughs> no. Let me say black woman <laughs> that I know who is like an avid bicyclist. Granted, I'm not like you're not that, tapped into the cycle community. I, I'm not, I'm not, in. I'm not. Let me use that as a disclaimer. But I mean, like, well, Kimber, you, you have a lot of bikes. I do have a lot of bikes. And I do have this foldable bike with its own suitcase that I take with me on my trips. Yes. Yeah. And I, so that I can ride. Like, when I'm someplace new, I want to, like, when you're seeing a city by mm -hmm. bike, it is tapping into all of your other senses. Like, there are places that I ride that are in my neighborhood. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how did I miss this? Okay. How did I miss this? Because you're seeing it everything in a different way. Wow. And when I'm on bike, one, it's like, you know, I think it's how I take care of myself in terms of fitness, but it's also mentally. Like, mm. my life is worked out when I'm mm -hmm. in the saddle. Like, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my to-do list ready. I'm making my, I'm making all my, I'm checking it out. I'm like, I come back from a 30-mile ride, and I'm like, all is right with the world. <laughs> I have worked this out. <laughs> like, as you're riding, yeah. you're taking care of yourself mentally. Mentally, absolutely. I think I would say mentally more than physically. I am thinking about all. I'm doing a lot of reflection okay. because when you're, it's it's just you. It's you in the open road, like it's you. So I'm doing a lot of reflection. I'm doing a lot of pre-planning. I'm doing a lot of like lists in my head. I'm doing okay. a lot of new. It's generating a lot of new okay. ideas. Okay. It's a lot of creativity can kind of come out there. Would you say that's the thing that fills your soul? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely makes you feel whole? Mm-hmm. I think riding a bike, when I'm out on the bike, it gives me a lot of joy. Mm -hmm. I think also when I look at just my life's work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like the schools that I've worked with, the mm -hmm. people that I've met, the journeys that I've been on, that also gives me, that fills my soul. Warmth on the inside. When you say the schools that you've worked with, like... Mm -hmm. How many schools are we talking about? You know what? <laughs> I don't have the exact number, but it's kind of close. During the pandemic, uh -huh. you know, everybody was doing that spring cleaning during the <laughs> pandemic. You know, so I had, I was like, oh, now's the time to kind of go through right. and organize all my closets. So I got all of my shirts, you know, all this time the school's like, so I got all the t-shirts from all the schools I'd either worked at led yeah. um, as a principal and then, you know, supervised as like they were in my cluster. So like okay. I was over those schools and it was a king size quilt, double-sided. I'd say at least 58 squares. It was more than that, really. I'm going to send you a picture of the quilt okay. Okay. because I was so proud when, um, you know, now I'm sleeping underneath it because it's cold in Ohio. And when I was sleeping under it, somebody came up and they were like, wow, look at this quilt. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty proud of this quilt, you know? And they're like, 
this is your life's work. I mean, I hadn't thought about it mm. that way. Mm-hmm. But when I looked at each of those, they each mm-hmm. had a story behind it. Mm. They each had a story behind it. Mm. And I'm like, this is my life's work. It is your life's work. Yeah. And it's, work. Um, it's interesting that you say that they each had a story Everyone. behind it. Because one of the things that I also know you for mm-hmm. is helping to create stories. Yeah. Right? Helping to curate experiences <laughs> without even like thinking it's not even like work for you yeah. and i want to take a moment i have the latest um <laughs> cu- i guess pieces of the latest curated experience that i've had from from you yeah. by you yeah and um i want to hold this up this is a succulent that's so beautiful. It, it is. It moves. Look it moves. moves. First of all, I didn't even know what a succulent was, <laughs> right? But we had the opportunity a couple of weeks to go, ago to be in community with mm-hmm. one another. Yeah. And in true joy fashion, yeah. you made that, um, that space so rich with experience and connection Mm -hmm. and meaning. And um, one of the things you had our team do Mm -hmm. was put Legos together Mm -hmm. to create succulents. I've never done this before, (laughs) ever. Uh And then they all connect, right? So each member of the team has a piece Mm -hmm. of the succulent. Mm -hmm. But then you asked us like a reflection question mm-hmm. that just literally everybody, we, we all just, we all just kind of like stopped and it was like, Brown, what are you doing? Because it was just such a soul fulfilling, rich moment for us, but also for you because mm-hmm. you just do this so naturally. Yeah. Thank what you. is a succulent? Okay. You know. A succulent is a, a type of plant. It holds water in its leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the way that it stores its water, it can really thrive in dry conditions in places where other plants might not survive. So like to me, a succulent is kind of like the ultimate survivor, plant, ultimate flower. I know you love flowers. <laughs> it's the ultimate flower because it can, it can survive. It survives. Yeah. When things are tough, when there's no water, it, it, it can survive and it can survive on its own because of what it's done, what it's stored up. Yeah. Could survive on its own. Mm-hmm. Could also survive together. Could survive together. And so each member of the team had a different yeah, there were, succulent mm-hmm. to put together. This is my piece that mm-hmm. I um, was able to take home with me. Each member of the team had a succulent that they took home with them mm-hmm. as a reminder mm-hmm. of the experience like, yes, you can survive on your own, mm-hmm. but when we're together, we can also thrive when mm-hmm. we are together. And when, yeah, and also when we put it together, like actually after we did it, the whole weekend it was together, mm-hmm. like because it was like, look how beautiful it is Yeah, when it came together. All different, every flower looked different. Yes. They were all really unique, They, but together it was like this beautiful bouquet, this yes. beautiful, yes. you know, desert bouquet. Yeah. But, 
so when we're together, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. It's going to, it's going to be alive. Mm -hmm. But then when we go, we have what we need to sustain ourselves. Yes. You know, there's water yes. in our trunk. Yes. We, we store it up. We've and I did up. not want us to forget that, that, you know, mm -hmm. it's good when we come together, but we don't spend our lives together. Yes. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um, but we have enough to sustain us until it's time to meet again. Yeah. This wasn't the only thing that you did, right? <laughs> you also had us do a read aloud to yeah. this book. Yeah. It's you, called Ish. Yeah. By Peter H. Reynolds. Yes. My CEO introduced me to that book. And it like, I was like, wow. So simple. So simple. But so profound. So profound. So and I'm like, we are going to read this together together yeah. which we did we read did. it together we did. it was like story time it was it was story, it was story time. time we played the song <laughs> reading rainbow before we started reading and we each took turns and yeah. it was just again i think it's it's a testament to the way in which you curate experiences for for teams for mm -hmm. your family for individuals yeah um and i want to take a moment to highlight that yeah. right. for you um if it is that you're interested in having uh, LaKimbra Joy, Dr. Brown, create an experience for you, you can email her at curatedbybrown by, by at gmail.com mm -hmm. um, to be in contact with her. Because the way in which, not again, not just me, but like my team's mm -hmm. soul was overflowing, mm -hmm. overflowing from just a quick, um, connection and getting together with each, with each other. And it took you like, actually, let me have you say, how long did it take you to kind of put this all together for us? Um, it, I mean, it was like a day, but like <laughs> day or two, but I knew, you know, I knew the audience. I knew mm. what we were doing. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, it was a day or two all mm -hmm. the time, but like everybody that was coming to that retreat, um, I knew and I knew them deeply. So I kind of knew, I like, cause I like things to be personalized. So yes. yeah, I like things to be personalized. So it was because I knew everyone in attendance, mm -hmm. it, it, it was very easy. Now I know I've had the benefit to experience um, your curations over the years. Yes. Have others like? Yes. You know what? It's funny. I, I, this one was actually, you know, for our, you know, team retreat, but last Last year, yeah, it was last year. It was well, the last two years, but I'll talk about the one that we did last year. Be, I took my love of cycling. We actually, I curated an experience. We rode from Niagara Falls to Cleveland. So wow. I think it was like 383 miles. It was, was it four days or five days? But yeah, it was, it was incredible to be at the falls, to be riding through the... Um, the national park mm -hmm. to stand under the falls and then to day one, Niagara to Buffalo, to stop in Buffalo, then Buffalo to Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. <laughs> Pennsylvania, to Ohio. Like it was a beautiful time on the road and um, that we all got to do together. And I think I like to do these long bike tours. And when I'm, when we're doing them together, I think you are, you're learning what, you're learning the limits of like, mm -hmm. you know, 
your body, you're like, yeah, wait, did I just ride yeah. 380 miles? I don't yeah. want to drive 380 yeah. miles, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, we did it. Not yeah. I, we, we all did it together. You all did it together. You know, so we ride, but then, you know, we're going to find, you know, some nice restaurants at night. And, because you're a foodie. Because I'm a foodie. Right. I am a foodie. So we're going to find some nice restaurants at night and kind of debrief the day. Like, mm-hmm. what were some of the highlights from that day? Mm-hmm. What did we see? Or did you see that? Or, you know, because we're stopping along the, the road. Right. So that right. was good. Um, so that was one that I do with those that I cycle with. Okay. And one that I did with my family it was actually my 30th birthday. Okay. Uh, when I was turning 30, I, it was my family and all my close friends, 23 of my closest friends. <laughs> I rented this house in the Florida Keys, this mm-hmm. huge house in the Florida Keys. And we flew out for uh, uh, a week and we played Survivor. It was the best. Like you, it was full on. It was full on. Like we had a confessional, like after you got voted off, like we would walk out to the dock with our tiki torches and like the tribal council would speak. You would get voted off and then you'd have to go into the confessional, which was the laundry room, and <laughs> do your video confession of like, you know, who you thought voted you off. It was it was so fun. That was at this you point did all of this. fifteen years ago. Yeah. It was people are still like, when are we having the survivor reunion? When are we having the survivor? I want to go. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was, it was great having my, what, this is what made that experience so great. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was, it was like 20 people. But outside of my family, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe five of the individuals were my, my sister, my grandmother, my aunt, like they knew me. Okay. Everyone else, were friends that had okay. met me at different phases of my life. Wow. So what was great was that when everyone came, no one knew each other. They all knew me, but they didn't know each other. But now you're going to be in this house. Right. <laughs> With these individuals, you're going to be playing this game. It's a friendly game, but it was still a game. Just trying um, to fight for your life. Trying to fight for your <laughs> life to stay, you know. Because once you got voted off, you could no longer play. You were still in the house. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you were still in the house. But you were just watching. You weren't playing. So you were cheering on, you know, your teammates and things. But you weren't playing. But it was fun playing. And I liked seeing how quickly Mm -hmm. strangers Mm. uh, who knew me, you know, Mm -hmm. some knew me might have. Maybe we met in high school. Mm -hmm. Maybe you knew me in college. Yeah. Maybe I worked with you. But you all came together, and, and so they had different stories about the Lakimbra right, or the right, Joy right. Right, right, or the right. Dr. Brown that right. they knew. Right. And so wow. they all knew me from different vantage points, and it was good having that all convened, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, there was a karaoke night. There was a food factor test. And I lost that one. you did all of this. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been curating experiences for, what, at least 15 years at this point? I, well, I would have never called it curating experiences. Uh-huh. I, would, I would have called it, you know, my family always said, yeah, can you plan this? Mm-hmm. I liked to plan things. So, like, when it came time to get together, you know, yeah. our family gets together a lot. And they're like, okay, Joy, what you going to do? Like, that, like, literally, that's usually how the conversation goes. <laughs> it's like, okay, Joy, you got Friday night. What you going to do? <laughs> nice. Again, curated by Brown. Yeah. Curatedbybrown at gmail.com. Um, 
you have to experience one of her curated experiences because it's it's personalized. Yeah, so they're Those, not, no two are the same because I'm no like, two are the same. So I, it's not like there's it's customized. A set thing. Yeah, it's like what what do you like? What do you think you should yeah. do? Here we are. Yeah. Um, lots of reflection. Yeah, this was a great conversation. Thank you. Oh, thank thank you. you. Thank you for um, just thank you. Thank you. As we begin to close, mm-hmm. what, if anything, would you say to your 15-year-old self? Um, I think I would tell my 15-year-old self the thing that my daddy told me, which mm-hmm. is do what you love mm-hmm. and you'll never work a day in your life because mm. it won't feel like work. Because it won't feel like work. Because it won't feel like work. So, like, find the thing that you love and find the thing or things that you love and figure out how to do them. Um, Yeah, I feel like I get to do what I love every day. Would that be the same thing that you would say to other black and brown um, girls, women, leaders? I would say don't let anyone shake your confidence, Mm. even if that anyone is you. You know, don't let that happen. You deserve to be here. You belong here. You belong. And on that note, Joy, LaKimbra, <laughs> Dr. Brown, um, it's been my pleasure to have you here today. Just enormous gratitude. Thank you. Um, just thank you for being you, for sharing yourself and for showing up the way that you always do authentically. Thank you. Thank you.